0: Welcome to the Stalking Dead Podcast. I'm your host, Troy L. Smith, wrapping up yet another episode of The Walking Dead. We are not affiliated with the AMC series, but we sure are obsessed with it. Sadly, I'm flying solo today. My wife, if you guys have gotten to know, Katie, she's very pregnant and tired. Um, not putting it in the Stalking Dead Podcast this week, and it kind of makes me think, you know, seeing Maggie again on tonight's episode... Um, To get on a personal note here, my wife's been pregnant pretty much for the last three years. We've been having kids, and I watch The Walking Dead. I just see Maggie still not showing, still not even close to having a baby. It's a weird thing to watch, you know. And and maybe that's the reason my wife didn't join me for this week's podcast. But that's okay. I'm gonna do my best not to bore you guys. I'm gonna carry this through, and that's gonna start with another episode for here for season eight, which has kind of been a roller coaster ride. It's been very people have been very critical of season eight the ratings have been dropping yet i kind of think maybe the show's back on track at least heading into the finale uh in several weeks and then into season nine we're getting a new showrunner but to recap this episode uh a few things struck me first off was tara who decided to go rogue and try at least to kill dwight you aren't seriously gonna listen to him it's too dangerous for the savior so you're gonna send us Are you kidding me? (laughs) They have us boxed in. Tara has a point. Why should we trust him? He could turn on us like he turned on his own people. I didn't just turn on him. I killed him. Daryl saw it. Rosita saw it. You saw it? Well, one of them got away so if they find me negan puts my head on a pike. i'm not working for them i'm not going back to them i chose my side this is it in fairness now as much as tara seems a little crazy a little out there uh, and just going out on our own to try to kill dwight after the group is pretty much accepted that he's their ally now he did kill her girlfriend you know so it, it makes sense um, but you have to wonder where's this going? Because if Dwight, uh, can't really get onto this team's side, will he, you know, make that full double agent move and, and really become an intricate part of the storyline as he does in the comic book? Right now, he's got terror trying to kill him, so it doesn't bode too well for Dwight. One of the other key moments in this episode, still kind of lingering, is the death of Carl. Characters reacting to that as, uh, a lot of the core group made it to this hilltop community where Enid finally found out that Carl her I don't know what you want to call him, her best friend or childhood love um is died she finds out there's a touching moment there where Enid freaks out uh gets really sad and kind of reminds you that hey we lost this major character and I think that's going to be the case throughout this season uh I think we're going to see Subtle, some subtle reminders that Carl has passed uh, and maybe even key points, where you know, like a needs breakdown where it really hits us dead on. And and that might even carry on to this series uh, for a long time to come. You know, when you have the second most important character on a show uh, abruptly killed, shocking fashion, considering Carl's still alive in the comic book. uh, It it rocks you and it rocks a series and, and it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out heading into the end of this season. Another key moment from the episode that I found really interesting uh, was Father Gabriel's storyline. Here we have a character who has an illness that's not related to him getting bit, and he might be going blind. And the reason this is interesting is is the fact that Father Gabriel goes in a different direction in the comic book, uh, meaning that his story plays out. There's a brutal death at the end of the Whisper story story arc, and. Clearly, the show has decided to do some other things with Father Gabriel. Now, maybe that plays out the same way at some point, but this illness that he has is completely uh, original to the AMC storyline. And, and they kind of hooked me with it in that fact, because if you think about it, the Father Gabriel characters start off, you know, intriguing, got really boring. Uh, the show didn't seem to know what to do with him. He disappeared for a while and now he's kind of got this, this, this storyline that's interesting with, with the illness and, you know, following him and Dr. Carson. I was actually quite shocked when the saviors caught up to them and killed Dr. Carson. Again, you can go back to the Maggie storyline with the baby. I don't know who's going to give birth to this baby with Dr. Carson dead now, but Father Gabriel, um, being recaptured by the saviors. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. I think that plays into some of the things we've seen with Eugene. Obviously, Negan has taken a liking to uh, Father Gabriel. So I think he's got a storyline now that people are willing to latch on to. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Also, why is this man going blind? You know, I'm very curious as to what this illness is and if it even plays into the same illness that's caused the zombie apocalypse. Then you have Negan who's tainting weapons, Uh, you know, this idea, and and people have been waiting for this for a long time. For readers of the comic book, those of you out there, you know you've been waiting. We thought we were going to see this earlier where the saviors are tainting weapons, arrows, knives with walker uh, blood. So not only when you stab someone, do you hurt them, potentially kill them, you're infecting them with the disease. And it's really shocking at whose idea it was and that would be Eugene. And that brings me to one of the bigger points that I take away from this episode. How much do we really hate Eugene right now? (laughs) The honest truth is a lot. I mean, it's a guy who was in the core group, and he sort of ventured off into becoming, you know, he was a liar. You know, there's no doubting that. And, And still they accepted him. And now he's full on savior. And I don't know if this is part of a bigger plot that Eugene has to sort of get back with his group and maybe take down the Saviors from within. Part of me thinks that Eugene's not that smart, but he shows flashes of you know, his former self. Case in point, earlier this season when he let Gabriel and Dr. Carson go, that was him. But now, you know, he's making bullets like crazy for the Saviors to really arm them in this war against Team Rick. And he's the one suggesting that they dip these weapons in Walker blood to make it, you know, easier to beat their foes. And it's kind of shocking to see, honestly. Uh, and I also, I don't, I'm don't, i not sold on it because part of the problem I've had with The Walking Dead, especially lately, they tend to have this character development that I don't think resonates as much as the writers and producers think. Take Eugene, for instance. They have this character that was a liar, and then he sort of comes into his own as this this person who can survive uh, in the in the apocalypse. And then he goes on to join the saviors and he tells Negan, you know, I'm Negan. I was Negan before I knew I was Negan. I'm not sure that that, that really has come into, you know, full view. I don't get it. You know, I don't get why Eugene is with the saviors. Is If it's a survival of the fittest thing, fine. But to take in as much as he has to take up with this group and come up with these ways to to fight Rick's crew and and how long until he's directly responsible for the deaths of some of the, some of his former friends again this could all be a situation where eugene is maybe trying to take down the saviors from within again i, I you know i don't think that's the case but it's just interesting the way this is all playing out admittedly Sunday night's episode was almost a throwaway. Uh, And I don't like saying that because it did move certain stories along a little bit. Um, The tension between Dwight and Tara and the rest of that group is at all-time high. Maggie is running into some problems with the captives, uh, the saviors who are held captive at the hilltop. um, You know, depriving them of food because they're running out. Eventually, they're going to have to make a decision. I don't think it's going to be a decision that Jesus likes, which maybe. Maybe brings Maggie and Jesus, uh, you know, to a, a conflict point that we didn't see coming. You know, obviously Father Gabriel has his illness; he's going blind. We don't know where that's going, but it's an intriguing point for a character that is finally kind of coming into his own. Interesting. In, in a side story here, a couple of years ago, I was at the Wizard World in Cleveland covering it, and the actor who plays Father Gabriel. Um, was, you know, one of the guests, you know, and they were pushing The Walking Dead. Obviously, for people who follow his career, he was also on The Wire and... Seth, uh, which I believe his name is, he, no one was in his line and I, I felt bad for him. He was just sitting there on his phone with, with a publicist or manager next to him. And then you had these lines for Lou Ferrigno and Corey Feldman, believe it or not, had a stack line and the Green Ranger from the Power Rangers. And I think even, um, the actor Place Herschel had a, a massive photo line towards the back of the arena. No one, giving a crap about Father Gabriel at that point and I remember going up to the line to the publicist and requesting an interview. He said you had to pre-request it before the show. And I'm sitting there doing this double take. There's no one here to see this guy. Just give me an interview with him. Um and it didn't happen. They wouldn't let it happen. But I don't I don't know if that would happen now. You know, Wizard Worlds recently came back to Cleveland. This guy if you know Seth was there again. Uh, is Father Gabriel built up enough following, or maybe just more people need to see The Wire because he's phenomenal on The Wire, uh, which I consider to be the greatest television drama of all time. Uh, four excellent seasons, a fifth one, eh? But it's worth watching on HBO. Getting off on a sidetrack there. Where do we go from here on The Walking Dead? We're only three, you know, we're only three episodes into the back half of season eight you know, a lot of stuff still to happen. And of course, we're building up to this point in the all out war. No, no real Rick storyline here tonight. So expect that to come back into play. Also moving forward, we've got Morgan, we've got Carol. So some of the more exciting characters that have really been doing well this season, uh, in terms of their stories weren't featured tonight. So obviously there's some look forward to in the next few episodes, uh, a special treat here. Like I said, I'm flying solo tonight. Uh, my wife, not in the building. So I thought I would count down with you guys my, fav- my five favorite episodes of The Walking Dead. And I encourage anyone, you can hit me up, tsmith at uh, You go to www.cleveland.com backslash the Dead podcast and you can catch up on all of our work and also comment on a lot of stories. Quick, you know, preview of this lineup here of my favorite episodes. Uh, I have ranked every episode of The Walking Dead routinely. You know, every, you know, every half season. So every time the show delivers another eight pack of episodes, I rank them. And that that is really, and you can, again, find that at cleveland.com backslash walking hyphen dead. Um, that really is based on quality. These are my personal five favorites. And there's something about each of these episodes that moved me, stuck with me. Um, and these are my five. So please, email me, tsmith.cleveland.com. Tell me about your top five uh, episodes or even your favorite episode and why and away we go can I get a drum roll someone there we go my fifth favorite episode of the walking dead titled pretty much dead already it's interesting I don't think most people relate episodes based on their title uh, so pretty much dead already is the episode where Sophia the fate of Sophia is revealed uh, in season 2 she I believe it's season two, it might be season three. She walks out of the barn at Herschel's farm and she's a walker. You know, Sophia went missing and this whole that whole run of episodes is about finding Sophia. How much are we willing to risk to find this person? And it becomes this beacon of hope. Like if we can find Sophia alive, uh, it means something to the group. And when she walks out of that barn as a as a walker, changes everything about The Walking Dead. It was the turning point for that series. Um I don't know if it made it more depressing, it certainly did for me, but it also changed the game of what we're dealing with here. Uh, Core members are going to die, in this case a child, and no one's ever going to be the same, and you have that moment where Rick has to put a bullet in her head. It's just devastating. Episode four, uh, for me, is clear. She was standing there right in front of him, and he had his gun up, and he couldn't do it so i called to him and he turned and then she was just just on him and i see red i see red everything is red everything i see is red and i do it finally finally it was too late and that's from season three that is the return of morgan At that time, if you look back, it was epic. You know, It was this one-off episode, steps away from the rest of the series for that moment of what's going on. And Rick, Michonne, and Carl, who were becoming the core three characters at that point, the relationship between the three of them was really growing. And and, uh, Michonne was kind of becoming part of the group, and Rick was welcoming, welcoming her in more, and her and Carl were bonding. And then they show up, and Rick runs into this friend you know from episode one of the walking dead we had not seen morgan what happened to him what happened to his son and then we find out morgan's basically gone insane he's held up in this small community if you want to call it that by himself killing walkers clearing them out his son has died he's lost it you know barely recognizes rick and i think it's a wake-up call to rick you know of what could have happened to him what could have happened to carl um, and what happened to this guy that he split up with? Someone who maybe he'd even held out hope that that Morgan was doing okay. You know, we run into Morgan. Obviously, Morgan would come back, you know, and become a regular part of the series. But that was the moment, you know, we hadn't seen him since season one. It was an epic return. Episode three, my third favorite episode, JSS. Um, obviously, you're going to pull reference to Anid's letter to Carl. But this is the episode where the wolves if you remember that group, invades the Alexandria safe zone. I love this episode so much. There's so much violence in it. Um, so much, you know, just brutality. And then you have two two entities really uh, clearing the safe zone out of the walls. And that's Morgan, who's doing it as, as peaceful as possible with his, you know, his staff and you know, eventually, you know, tells these wolves, you know, get the hell out of here. Or you're going to die. Um, and you have Carol just goes into full ninja mode. You know, she's got the bandana across her mouth. Um, she's pretending to be a wolf. They're confused and she's just slaying them. You know, that was such an epic episode. And I remember the the ending of that episode so clearly where they look at each other and they walk in separate directions uh, to help clean up this safe zone. It's epic. My number two favorite episode, 18 Miles Out. We can do it. Right? It's my call, man. I think you can keep them safe. We're going back again to Herschel's farm, and this is the moment where Shane and Rick finally come to blows. They take Randall, who you remember is a... A person from another community that they run into after Herschel ventures out to a bar. Um, He hurts his leg. They bring him back. He injured his his leg, but he healed from that rather quickly. But that's a side note. They take Randall hostage. They're going to kill him. They decide not to after the whole Dale thing. And they take him out 18 miles out to leave him there tied up on his own. And they find out that he knows who Herschel and Maggie and everyone are. So then again, Rick's faced with this idea, do we have to kill him? And Rick and Shane, who are on opposite sides of the fence this time, and Lori's the love for Lori's really feeling that, they come to blow. It's an epic fight that we've been waiting for and it built up. And it's really emotional. You know, Rick, I wouldn't say, you know, Rick winds up getting the best of Shane, so to speak. You know, Shane almost dies, Rick comes back and saves him. And I remember clearly, you know, the car ride back, Shane staring out at a walker in a field. And that's kind of that moment where you know he's gone, um, which builds to the conclusion of that season. But a great episode, so much tension and conflict. And now to my number one, it is Here's Not Here, um, which is an odd episode choice for some people because it's just Morgan. Um, It's the episode where we get Morgan's backstory, what happened to him from the clear episode until coming back to the group, why he became the value... Life so much, and his time with Eastman, um, such a human and humane episode, um, and really to give back to that spirit of the first season, the first episode of The Walking Dead. You know what the zombie apocalypse does to people, how to remain human in a world that's ruled by the dead. Um, such a great episode. Uh, I think it was an hour and a half long. Uh, I think it moved a lot of people. It was striking, you know, and I, and. Then, i think that really is the groundwork for morgan being the type of character that can go to fear the walking dead and get people excited about that series again we shall see thanks for joining me again wife shall be back next week i'm guaranteeing that and i will be here as well thanks for listening to the your dead podcast for anything else you can visit the cleveland.com backslash the walking dead i am trail smith and remember you step outside you risk your life you take a drink of water You risk your life, and nowadays you breathe, and you risk your life. I live by that. See you guys.